In the following live session recording, Monique Johnson, director of Thrive, First Baptist Church, Woodstock, Georgia, shares how to make sure those with special needs hear the story. Never underestimate what God can do in anyone's life, but especially in the heart and life of someone with special needs. In this session, the listener will learn ways to share the gospel with all children from a special needs champion. Let's join Monique now. So if you were here last night, there are a few things that you're going to hear me repeat. One about my family, and we are definitely going to talk about the stages. I cannot let people who are new today leave without hearing about that. So we will be talking about that. We, I heard this from somewhere else. It's not mine, okay? And it's called the accessible gospel. Making the gospel accessible. When I was sitting in large group today, I... It's funny because I'm getting used to being a part of a church that worships a little differently, okay? You're going to learn really quick that I can be, I'm pretty calm with you right now, but I'm pretty extra most of the time, okay? And worship is one of those things where I, I don't know what other people deal with Monday through Friday and Saturday, but when I get to church on Sunday and all that stuff is built up in me and people start singing, I'm ready to ruin it, okay? And so it's hard being in places where people do the little... <laughs> and we have people at our church, not only do they do that, they have coffee in their hand and they're like, <laughs> listen, so I'm thinking about what he was talking about today and it was so, oh my gosh, that first song is like one of my favorites, right? Mm -hmm. One of my favorites. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about all that that I'm feeling and how passionate and just how good God is. You all just don't know just some of the things. I was so sick at the beginning of this week. So sick. And one day, I think it was just two days ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to speak healing over myself because I'm going to this conference. And I just think about all of that. What if I kept all of that to myself? What if I looked at an individual on the outside, saw that they looked different, and decided not to share that which I so enjoy? That's what making the gospel accessible is all about. Making sure that those with special needs hear the story. So I am, hopefully, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, wait a minute, mm -hmm. here we go. There we go. We did that already. All right, so we call ourselves the Johnson Five, not the Jackson Five, <laughs> the Johnson Five. Pretty busy because there are 12, 14, 16. We're busy. So, again, that is AJ. First, my husband, okay, God, AJ, here we go. Then we have Faith, who is 16. Um, Faith aspires to be a fashion designer. She's really cool. And Hope is 14. Hope, Hope wants to dance and makeup. I don't know yet. I don't know. <laughs> and AJ talks about things I have no idea what he's talking about because he's into technology and science. And oh my gosh, I just I just encourage by saying yes, yes. I'm like, <laughs> all right. And so the cool thing is, yes, I work full time in the position that I'm in. I came out of teaching after 16 years. Um, that last year, it was just something on my heart where I love teaching. I love families. I love teaching math and science and reading, but I could not give them the gospel. And so I decided that if God opened up a door that I would leave. So I was hired there first for kindergarten, first and second, and um, special needs was in there. Just explain it like that. It was in there. And I stepped out on faith to do that. So I worked full time, 38 hours plus, you know that. And I decided, Jesus help me, I'm homeschooling the two youngest ones this year. This is our first year. Now we're doing a co-op. 
always reference that because I'm not the super mom. They're going to take all their major classes from what we call living science in our area. And, um, and then I have to help them at home. And so that is my life. That is what I do. That is what I love. That's what I get to do. Okay? Because when I was feeling really tired earlier this week, I realized, you know what, it could be a lot worse. And I get to do this. So I'm going to encourage you today. If you don't get anything else from me, you will be encouraged to go and do whatever God has called you to do. And last but least, we have Grizzly and Little Bear, our plus two. And, um, yeah, we're not having so much fun right now. They're having a habit of, of having accidents in the house. That's not going to work. So my kids might come home and need something. Yeah, they may not be there. Is a child putting a bell on the doorknob? Listen, you got some tips for me to do that? You're going to have to help me with it. Yeah, they ring they the bell that you really? get at the doorknob, mm -hmm. and when they want to go outside, teach them to ring, ring the bell. The bell. Oh. Mm -hmm. All right, now, if I can if I can modify and accommodate the gospel, <laughs> I should be able to figure out these two dogs, right? Okay. We're gonna Jesus talk about that. save me from yes. this dog <laughs> my So we're, we're going to, anybody got used to me from last night, I love, first of all, I'm going to use the word. That's the only way I can teach you is from the word. And the other thing is I like to put things in very small phrases. I taught, again, elementary school. And I'm just, let me tell you, let me plug this in real quick. If you do any training, if you do anything with your volunteers, you don't leave the basics of how you teach a young child. They have, you can't just stand there and lecture. You have to teach to the different abilities, and we're going to talk about that, and to the different learning styles. So here we go. Hear, see, follow. Hear, see, follow. Your turn. Hear, Hear see, follow. A little bit more energy. Hear, see, follow. Touch your ears. Hear, see, follow. One more time. Hear. Really hard if Jesus was asking me, Monique, what do you need <laughs> to get away from thinking? Oh, I really 
eat that car. But try to be spiritual. Could you imagine <laughs> in biblical times if somebody asked Jesus for a car? Ah, uh, that would <laughs> be different. Donkey. But you know what? He could have done it. <laughs> I could give you a donkey. All right. So Jesus, he said, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. Okay? Go back. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. When Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do? He asked Jesus, or he said to Jesus, I want to see. When Jesus healed him, he said, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. Now, I did some study on this, some different commentaries. There was one person by the name of George Whitefield. I love that he turned, he said, through the eyes, though the eyes of his body were shut, yet his ears or his eyes of his mind to some degree was open. As soon as he heard of him, he began to cry out, which he would not have done hmm, had he not already heard about him and believed also that he was both able and willing to restore his sight. So he had already heard about him. Wonder how. Also, George said, one would have thought that such a moving petition as this would have melted the whole multitude of people if they heard him cry out in compassion. And they would have turned to help him or carry him to the blessed Jesus. But instead of that, we are told that many charged him the word in the original seems to imply they had, they had threatened him, actually. And it said they spoke angrily. They charged him, they told him to keep his peace, to be quiet. Some say they even threatened that they would beat him if he continued to do that. This is what this commentary was speaking about. They looked upon him beneath the notice. They thought, why would Jesus have time to do this for you? That was very interesting to me that there is a crowd. Yesterday I talked about the crowd and the four men who lowered him down on that mat. There was a crowd. There was a lot of people around. Now, before we go on, the next page is by you. Some of you all, if you have yours from last night, pull it out. If you don't, I do not mind if you have two copies of this. Three, four, five, pass them out. Before we go on further, to talk about the goal of making sure those with special needs hear the story, we must take a look again, for some of you all, and for the first time, at the five stages, the journey of disability attitudes. Okay? Because, let me go ahead and read this one. The stage you are on as an individual and the stage your church is on can possibly slow down or even stop the story from being shared with those who have special needs. Let's look at these stages, okay? So you have stage one. Stage one is ignorance. Listen to this. This is when someone's in stage one. Now, as I told them before, I'm going to tell you today, you're going to privately, you don't have to share it with me, you need to identify where you are. What stage are you on? Stage one, ignorance. Weaknesses and disabilities are a sign that God either does not care or is not able to fix the situation. In fact, they may be a result of sin or a lack of faith. God is not involved in the life of someone with a disability because he can't use people who are so broken. 
stage one. Stage two, pity. I feel sorry for people with disabilities. It's too bad, really. I'm going to go down just a little bit. People with weaknesses and disabilities obviously need someone like me to help them and give them hope and give them meaning. Due to their troubles, I really don't see any meaning or purpose to their lives. Okay, stage three, care. Like me, people with disabilities were created in God's image. It starts to change a little bit, you hear that? Okay, so now they're at, you're at least thinking they're created in God's image, stage three. By that virtue alone, they have value. Here's the next part, though. They care, but here's the next part. <clears throat> I hope that someone will take the time to show them God's love. There's care, but what is this stage saying? Is it your job to do it? Nope. They're saying, I hope that someone else would take on this charge, that someone else would do it. I care, but not enough to be involved. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times you'll find churches on this stage. Okay? They'll say, that, that's a good idea. Maybe some of you have experienced that. Your head pastors or lead pastors have told you, that's a really good idea. I, I'm so thankful the church down the street is doing that. But I don't think it's for us. Okay? That's okay. Because you need to identify the stages not only individually, but collectively as the whole church. Because in order to move, you have to first know where you are. All right? Stage four, friendship. I have come to know and spend time with a friend who has a disability. This person has value in God's sight, but also in mine. And I know that my life is better for having known this person. And as much as I have helped her, she has also blessed me. Now, if you, if you or someone you know or your church is on stage one, two, or three, they will never move to what I'm about to talk about if there is no genuine opportunity to build relationships. So, if you have any individuals at your church who have special needs, and a lot of times they're just tucked away. Mom and dad drops them off, they're in this nice place, or they're in your preschool ministry, but the person, someone helps them over in the corner. No one has the opportunity to experience what has changed my life, personally. Once you have the opportunity, or you create the opportunity for individuals and people, even in the church, to have relationship times or opportunity for relationship, we're going to move and see a movement from caring to friendship to what our goal is, and that's stage five. Stage five, I love this. And again, this is not mine. Someone shared this with me just recently, and it just summed up what God had been playing, just saying in my spirit over and over again. So I'm sharing this everywhere I go. Stage five, co-laborers. Listen to this. If God has called each of us to serve and praise him with every fiber of our beings, then he has done the same for our brothers and sisters in Christ with disabilities. I think ministry should not just be two people with disabilities. Ministry should not be just two people with disabilities, but with or alongside people with disabilities. That is a different way of thinking. This will revolutionize your ministry. 
you will go back changed if you can just hear what stage five is all about. <clears throat> how you're teaching, how you're serving those individuals, what state they have in that ministry, not just inclusion. We're going to talk about something called inclusion to belong. Inclusion is one thing. I can come sit down next to you. You never have to talk to me. But people will say, she's included, right? But when you belong, they look at you differently because they have, they understand you are a valuable part of that ministry. So getting to stage five, it doesn't mean you're there, okay? And don't feel like, oh my, I should be. It's a process. But it's a process where you have to accept, in order for me to do what God has called me to do, I have to understand we are co-laborers. Alright? So, we're going to go on. And we're going to go back to the three things that we talked about in the beginning, or the three words that I gave you. And we're going to start with here. Here. Alright? So, real quick. Your energy level up as we get close to lunch. We're going to do those three again. Here. Here. See. Follow. One more time. Here. See. Follow. So with here, let's listen to that verse there. It says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So when you are planning curriculum, because what we're talking about is how to make the gospel accessible. One thing you have to think about is aligning all videos, all music, anything dealing with the lesson. Align it to what you're teaching, okay? And what the reason I say that because you need to stay away from making choices that just entertain or keep them quiet. Mm -hmm. This is different because if you're on stage five, you understand. Now, occasionally there are fun videos for everybody, right? But if you are in the habit right now, or those volunteers that have not, well, when you go back, they're going to catch this vision of stage five. If those volunteers are just over there trying to keep them busy an hour before mom and dad comes back or grandma and nana, whoever it is, then they have to understand stage five. Because in that moment, they are sharing the gospel, even if it's a verse, over and over and over again. Teach, now this is what we do, but I'm going to encourage you. So this, again, really quick, because I forgot I have people in here new. So... Thrive started out in a room in 1993 with a, a mom and her son and a few people that helped her. And for every Sunday, after every Sunday, they served to the point of being burned out. Okay? They moved from that one room downstairs, I can't remember exactly when, to maybe two rooms. They had a room where you can go get on the computer and a room where they kind of kept all the kids together. And in that room, they had all ages. So a lot of people were turned away from our church for many years because when they brought a five-year-old into that room and there's a 40-year-old in that room, they were not leaving their children, okay? Then you had some, and they were very, they were understaffed. You know how you go through that? I know you all don't. Y'all have plenty of volunteers, right? They're just lined up outside the door trying to volunteer, right? So they, they were understaffed, right? And so there, there was a lot of things that got connected to our ministry, and I love to share that. And so... Fast forward, I started working there, um, I forget what year. I started working, I'm not like the man that just spoke. I was like, he's a numbers guy. I mean, he knew those dates. I, that's not me, okay? I can tell you everything around it, what color it is, what it looks like. When I'm driving, I can tell you that house on the corner, it's blue with the red door. I can remember that. Don't tell me the street name or the number. But when we moved, okay, so I started working in elementary 
department. So again, K, first, second, and special needs. And anybody who knows First Baptist Woodstock, um, I forget the number. 24,000 members? Something. It's big, okay? So when I'm saying K, first, and second, and special needs, what probably got all of my attention? K, first, and second is at least for VBS even, we do about 2,000 students, right? So we're talking a lot of numbers. So special needs has always just been there. So what happened is things just started to happen, and my, my director would say, Monique, none of this happened until you came. Why are we having problems with, you know, this teacher can't handle this student? Or But you know what? It was God at work. Yeah. Because stuff started coming up to the point where we're like, hmm, wait a second. Things get worse before they get better. This ministry needs more attention, right? So we did Tim Tebow. We started talking about Night to Shine that first year. Our pastor, by the way, has a granddaughter with CP. But still, it's different when it's in your house versus when you're dealing with people in the community. There's a difference. And so anyway, we came down to the fact of, fast forward, $170,000 later, we have a suite, okay? We have about six rooms. And design changed, but we have a Bible room, we have an art room, we have a relaxed room, a music room, and a playroom. And believe it or not, something that people say they cannot do. We transition. We rotate every 30 minutes to a different room. They are in four different groups. Sprout is our youngest group. Sprout's um, birth to about seven, depending on size. I don't just do size, I do ability. Um, I don't just do age, I look at size and ability. We can kind of move them around. Evergreen is kind of your elementary size student. Yellowwood, they get about as tall as we are, so it can be various ages. That group really needs one-on-one. -on -one. And then we have Mighty Oak, which is what some people term as high-functioning. So that group, they go out to worship, they serve on hospitality team, they serve within our ministry. So I said all that to say, what we started doing when we first got there is that we did one lesson the entire month. Okay, sounds a little funny because I know a lot of us are lifeway and we're used to doing a different lesson every week. First of all, unlike before, most of the most parents are not coming to church every single <coughs> Sunday. They come on one, then they stay two, then they come back, right? So you're changing that lesson all the time. And I'm talking special needs, but it probably can help a lot of other ministries too. That word is not hiding in their heart. They have mm -hmm. to hear it. Every time they show up for that whole month, mm -hmm. some kind of way they're going to hear that same message. So we switched just recently to doing one to two lessons a month. All right? And so again, it's different. It's different from doing it weekly. The next thing that we did is we charged every volunteer to know the monthly verse and to verbally share it anytime. When you're throwing a ball, when you're walking up to the bathroom, when you're sitting and doing a coloring sheet. We charge them. If you don't, we don't, because some of our teens, I referenced last night, we started with sixth graders. We started sixth grade with our volunteers. They're not going to go study the lesson. Some of them will, but not all of them. Study the lesson. Know this word. Teach it. That's not what they're going to do. So we have charged a lot of them. Just know the verse. Just know the first few lines of the verse, and then you build. If you don't know it by heart, have a little card with you. But you're going to share the word. They need to what? Hear. They need to what? Hear. They need to hear it. Okay? The next thing, maybe. Oh, I forgot it's not going to play. Just going to tell you about it. About this one. <laughs> Something I got to figure out before next week is why these videos won't play. So anyway, this is a video, and what I was going to tell you about the video, I wanted to play the video. It's a really cool video, John three sixteen, and I was just mentioning to you back here that sometimes with some of these, so you're you're you have a group of people who are say twenties, right? We're talking about something about um, chronological age and developmental age. 
and talk a little bit about that. But sometimes when you play a video like this, someone might say, that's so babyish, they can't watch that. If you would have had a chance to watch this wonderful video that's not going to play, you would have heard John 3.16 over and over and over again. They were dancing it, they were singing it, there's colors flying, there's things going on, over and over and over again. Can I not right click on the video? It won't. We tried it. It's something about the way my computer is communicating. It's okay. okay. I'll, I'll figure it out maybe next it's time. It's amazing I... how well people learn, kids and adults, how well they learn when you put it into song. Mm -hmm. I still remember the Greek alphabet from ninth grade for no reason because our teacher turned it into a song. Yes. Yes. Well, it sticks with you. It really does. And I'm 36, so. <laughs> and that's, that brings us to the point when I was going to talk to you about the chronological age. So, you have a 20-year-old. It's very important in your paperwork, in your registration, that you ask, okay, what is their developmental age? Now, some parents will tell you they don't know. Some will go to their teachers and try to find out. But if you have a 20-year-old who is on a second grade level, all right, when you group together the students and people are teaching and working with them, they need to be aware of that. Whoever is working with them needs to be aware of that because of the words. Because remember, they need to hear, right? So whatever words that you're using, some of them could be over the level that they have no idea what you're talking about. Now, when you're out around their peers, I would say you treat them like a 20-year-old. You're not going to let them walk around. And we have some that we have to fight with. We have one young man who loves to walk around with a big ducky. But when he leaves to go to fifth grade, he has to leave that ducky and thrive. He is not going to go around those fifth grade boys with a big stuffed ducky. That's just not going to work. Because we're trying to build those relationships and not cause something that we don't want to happen, right? But because we know, and that's another thing too. Let me go back. I'm glad I said that. We were talking to somebody else last night. So if you have... Let's go back to 20, 22 year old. But a 22 year old is probably about the size of height of a, a middle schooler, or even like a 12 year old. They're kind of petite. And if they learn on that level, build relationships within all the ministries where that student could possibly go to a fifth grade class. Okay? Nobody else in there knows that student's 22, but you and the teacher. And probably that student is not going to say, I'm 22. I'm not. Depending on the student, now, you might have some that might get in there and say, I'm not supposed to be in here with them. They're all babies. Yes, yes. That's why you got to kind of individualize this. Individualize it. But if you know, and I, I struggle with this with parents, because a lot of parents want their kid, their students to be where they want their age group. They want them in middle school, high school. I said, listen, we want them to learn the Word of God. You're telling me if I send them to a ninth grade class, they're going to understand what they're talking about. Oh, no, Monique, um, that's not what I mean. Um, and then we'll talk through it. We'll talk through it. Why are they here? What is the most important reason for them being here? Do you want them to have ninth grade friends? Maybe. That's, that's pretty important probably. But the word of God is why we're here. So when you are structuring everything and we're talking about making the, the gospel accessible, you have to know their developmental age. You have to know how, where do I meet them? Okay? The other thing too I want to talk about, and this teacher terms, but it's you have to apply it to ministry. And that is when you're talking about accommodations and modifications, okay? So really quick, an accommodation means you alter how a student learns. They do not change what the student is expected to learn. That's an accommodation. You alter it a little bit, but your expectation is that they are going to learn John 3.16. All right? Now, this student over here might be able to just read the verse. 
this student over here might have needed this video in order to learn 316. My expectation didn't change, but how I delivered it changed. Does that make sense? Now, modifications are a little bit different. And a lot of times in churches, sometimes, depending on the type of people you've recruited, you may be able to do this. And that is, um, it describes the changes in the curriculum within the classroom. Modifications can include shortening assignments or providing texts that are easier to read. And that still kind of goes hand in hand. Because if you think about it, this video took the place of me having to sit and try to read through the verse in the Bible with you. Um, this student, or this particular student I've already learned, loves music. They love, and a lot of our students are love Legos, or they love horses, or they, so now when I'm thinking about how I'm going to teach them and reach them, I'm individualizing that. And I'm coming to them on their level. can be? Modifications is something simple. Well, this, okay. So, accommodations, mm -hmm. you're not changing the curriculum. Okay? You're not going to change how, wait a minute, let's go back. Accommodations, you're altering how the student learns it. You, you do not change what the student is expected to learn. So the student is still expected to learn three John 3.16. Accommodations, you just made me think about something. Um, it's the difference between a student walking into your room, you look at them and you say, oh, he will never learn 3, 6, John 3.16, and you never teach it. Okay? Versus... Every student walking into your ministry, the expectation is that they are going to learn John 3.16. I don't care if I have to dress up, which I'm going to do in a minute because I love to do that. I don't care if I have to play a video. I don't care if we have to write it as big as it is on that wall right there. Every student in this ministry needs to know John 3.16. Why? Because they are co-laborers. And if I can send that student out with one word of the, they may not be able to recall the entire Mess the entire thing, but if they just think about it, if you empower a student with John 3.16, and the thing I love about our students, they are fearless. They have no, they don't care if you don't want to hear what they have to say, they're going to tell you anyway, right? <laughs> they do not care. A lot of our students, I love that. That's, that's what has made me so comfortable with being me. I went through struggles in my own life where I was not comfortable with me. And after I've been in special needs ministry, I can tell you, I can wear a tutu all day long. And I can walk around. I was talking to them about it. I'm going to tell you about it in a moment. But I can go into somewhere and I can just be mean. That's what I've learned from these students. That's why you have to have opportunities for genuine relationship building. It will free you up. Okay? That was just my plug-in. Let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Modifications and accommodation. You're still writing up here? Oh, yeah. Okay. So modification means that now you're going to take 316, John 316, and you're probably going to just teach two or three words of it. You're not going to teach the entire verse to that student. But you're going to take, you're going to, I still think you should have them hear it. One thing that I teach when I train is that we are not the Holy Spirit. We have no idea what God is doing on the inside. All I know is God said, Monique, teach John 3.16, and I'm going to do it. Okay? Whatever else is going on, how God is at work, I don't know. But we've had stories of students who've never spoken before to be somewhere and just start singing one of the songs we sing in our ministry. Parents were at the beach, and this, which is the perfect place, my favorite place, and just started singing, you know, or started saying something they had heard. So that's the difference. Okay? All right. What's the next one? C. C. <clears throat> Bring the story off the page. The pictures, manipulatives, video, puppets, costumes. All right. So we have been using um, answers in Genesis. 
we started using answers in Genesis for BDS, and then so we kind of switched a little bit. I'm, I'm going to put this on. I know you're looking at me. <laughs> so we started doing that, and from that, our BDS, oh, I've got to make sure I get my other leg in here. <laughs> um, oh, there we go. Our last, this theme the last time was the incredible race was our theme. And I have a great partner. She, she's a little shy, but she can't stay that way. Not around me. So she had to dress up too. We were twins. And we had green tiaras on. Listen, one day we wore our tutu with the checker pants. Okay? One day we wore them with the green pants. So she had to wear it more than one day. And then we just had, uh, we'll have something going on. Like a, we had teachers of the entire county coming to our church for their first meeting. Who's outside greeting them? All of us had the red carpet. Who had on the green tutus? We did. Because any opportunity to wear a tutu, I put the tutu on. Okay? So imagine teaching something with this on. Do you think people are going to pay attention to me? I'm talking about bringing the word of God off the page. And if it's not your personality, that's okay. Find somebody who will bring that word off the page. Someone who is not afraid to just get up there and do whatever it takes for them to learn that word. Um, again, our, our theme was the incredible race. I don't know how Tutu got to be with the race, but it went with the checkers, it looked cute, so I had to wear a tutu. Um, choose a curriculum, guys, that provides lots of visual resources, then modify up as needed. Now. We choose to use, and this is after going to a whole bunch of trainings. A lot of people would use elementary, middle school level, and then they would tell their teachers to go down. I think it's easier, personally, to pull in pre-K and preschool. Why? What did I just say? You need them to be able to... Unfortunately, if I could write some curriculum, I'm telling you, we are all so visual. I don't know why the education field feels that the older you get, the less you need that. That is not true. No. Visually, music, song, that's how we learn. God equipped us that way. It is all part of worship, okay? So this is Answers in Genesis, okay? I'm not anti-Lifeway. Don't go telling people she's down there trying to sell something else. No. What we've found is that we, we like just, for instance, they're learning about creation. And they're learning about the seven seas and all of that, that Answers in Genesis. Talk about anybody familiar with Ken Ham and that teaching? Um, it was new for me. I didn't grow up on that. So it's really it's different. It's a different way of teaching. But anyway, this is one of their big books. So we choose curriculum that provides a lot of visuals. Now, I'm not going to say I didn't love Lifeway. And you were asking me about this, and I totally forgot. Yes, this is our special buddies. So I love the way Lifeway actually has curriculum called Special Buddies. And what they've done, if you get the whole book, to me, there may be five lessons. When you come to this book, there's like three, three or four. And so they come, they take away some of the lessons, but the still the meaning of what they're trying to teach is there. The other thing I like about Lifeway, remember visually, is you know you got picture cards for everything visually. Now again, we buy preschool, kindergarten level. That's what we buy. Even though my oldest student is how old? Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. But chronologically, he is probably. Some areas a little bit higher, it depends on what you're teaching, but he's probably like early fifth grade, maybe fifth or sixth grade level. So this visually, if a teacher is using this, they can take the pictures that are provided by preschool level and go up. That's easier to me. 
Mm -hmm. I think it's harder when you yeah. take a, a elementary and middle school curriculum and you're trying to figure out how do I bring this, how do I find pictures, how do I go find video. And so LifeWay provides a lot of those videos, a lot of things visually that you can use. And when I say visually, I do like the fact, and this is something that Answers in Genesis needs to work on, and I probably will be calling them, is that they don't provide as much video and audio as LifeWay does. They have really good concepts that they're teaching, but there is not a lot of video and audio that I can support. So yeah, my associate, which is Amanda, she has to work hard to go find what we need to go along with Answers in Genesis. So are we going to stay with it? I don't know, but we're using it right now. So I love the way audio, video, again, this only happens on the lower levels now. As you get higher in life way, some of those videos start to change in the language that they use. What is that? It's a little show. All the kids do it with LifeWay. Anybody use it? Um, middle school. Elementary, fifth grade, middle school. It's almost like a sitcom, like the kids do. Anyway, I found that the vocabulary and the words that they were using, our students would have never gotten the concept. And so we, again, use the lower level curriculum. All right? Now, if you are interested. Is that the flight curriculum? Say it again. Is it the flight curriculum? It's fine. I know it's through LifeWay. It's, it's some of their video. It goes along with like this. But it's the, if you're going to get to the elementary and middle school level, it's their video. Versus this video is a lot more. There's imagine. more. Imagine. Mm -hmm. yeah. Imagine, yes. So if anybody does not use this and is interested in using this, believe it or not, you can take a packet with you. That way you can compare to what you're using. Um, and you can see, okay, this has a lot of visuals. What I'm using has a lot of visuals. And so when you leave, there are five of them up here. I may have six, that one over there. Um, you are welcome to take that with you. Right. I forgot something. We have to have lights. Wait a second. Hold on, got a stars. You all are stars. Monique, what is yes. the other the curriculum y'all use? This is Answers in Genesis. Answers in Genesis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, well. Alright. Here we go. Alright, so back to choosing a curriculum level that provides lots of visual resources. So for us, that has been preschool, pre-primer. Kindergarten is probably about as high as we go. Sometimes we'll go first and second. It depends on what we're using. And the reason why that's so important to us, I hope you heard like how our layout is. We take that curriculum and we move it through all of our rooms. It's in our Bible room. It's our art room. It's in our music room. And then the games spill over to our playroom. And I'm going to teach you something about that. Um, strive to be a visual representation of Christ. This is important. In order for a student who can see to really experience Jesus and who Jesus is, it's going to be a lot up to you. That's why it's so important that I start with those stages. Because once you are in that stage five, visually, how you interact with them, your body language, all of those things are going to be what they see. Right? Use visual cues to represent the gospel. Now, here are just some examples of some things that I found that really makes it visual. All right? Now, this is, I just searched, so just look it up. Take this picture I have, you can look up some things, but I am interested in purchasing this. We use some different things, but I love the way, because this is how I teach, what if you just had these pictures, no words? You've taught so much of this, but if you put that out and your students were able to say, we respond, okay? Or if you put this out and they say, God provided, visually, visually, what if they couldn't say any words at all? But they touched those pictures. Or you gave them and provided that picture. Okay? 
I skipped over something visual cues. All right, let's do a quick lesson. All right, the walls around Jericho were high and strong. The gates were closed and guarded. No one went in and no one came out. Okay, here's our story. All right, what was high and tall? The wall. The wall. Okay, what if you couldn't speak? What was high and tall? What might you do if you can't speak? Point there. You might point here, right? And it says it was very strong. Okay, this one's easy. The wall, maybe that student might go like this. Mm -hmm. Right? And the gates were closed. The gates were closed. Right? No credit on mine. God has blessed us with some OTs and PTs who serve with us. They're still connected to their county, so they made these things at school. Hopefully that's okay with Jesus. <laughs> but, <laughs> we didn't have to pay for it. So. It God was a gave, donation to It was a donation, that's right. <laughs> God gave instruction to Joshua for attacking the city. For six days, Joshua and his army marched around the city quietly, quietly, with the trumpets. How many days? Six. Bring the story off the page. Okay? And even if you can't get that teacher to... Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you can make this picture. You can. Uh, build <laughs> so, a city in the middle of the room. Yes, blocks. We use have that. the kids yes. march around yes. six times. Bring it off the page. And then God forbid, give them the instruments. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that would be awesome. At the end of that class. happens. Yes. Now we're saying this, and some of you are thinking. A lot of people might say, "I do that. We teach that way." Do they teach that way to students with special needs? Though. A lot of times you'll see it in your classroom and students are learning and engaged. Where's the student with special needs a lot of times? Sitting in the corner. Okay. Did someone take the time to figure out a way to reach that student with that story? Bring it off the page. They have to be able to see it. Here's another one I found using colors, using a bracelet, anything that you can find to bring it off the page and to make sure that they get that. Okay. What's my end time again? I'm sorry. 11. Um, 45. 45? Okay. Oh, is it 11? Oh. Okay. No, 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock. Okay. We're good. We're good. Yes, yeah, sorry. All right. So, the last one here is to follow. So, we talked about how you help them to hear it. How do you help them see? Now, follow. That takes a little bit more because now you're, you're telling that. I think a lot of us who, are, who function pretty well have trouble following. Mm -hmm. Right? We do. So, here the scripture said, Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Share the word of God with the purpose of salvation, discipleship, and service. Share the word of God with the purpose of discipleship. I got my words because my brain's somewhere else right here. With the purpose of salvation, discipleship, and service. 
that goes back to that stage five. This is something I used to say all the time before I found these stages. Because our volunteers, when they come to training, I try to tell them this is your purpose. Your purpose is that salvation. Is salvation going to look the same for everybody? They may not be able to quote that scripture and to answer all the questions that you need to check off. And that's another thing that your church has to be open to. Because if that student can only point to a few pictures to tell you that they believe, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to go through the same processes that we go through. But we have to understand that we want them to have an opportunity at salvation. We want them to be disciples and we want them to serve. Live out before the students what it means to follow. Just like we were saying before about you, them being able to see. Okay? Following Jesus is something that a lot of people, I think, sometimes we fail in people being able to see it without words. If someone had to come to you and, and report on if you are a believer or if they know that you believe and you couldn't talk to them, or they could, can they see it? Can they see how you respond when that person cuts you off and you're late trying to get to the conference and you stuck a nice hand out the window? You only waved with one finger. Would that person say, oh, yes, that's a Christ follower? So, and I'm mad, but you know, you have your moments. You have to repent, right? We all do. But in I think general, my tongue is not my strong suit, so I understand. <laughs> but in general, can someone see that we are followers? That we are followers. Make following Jesus accessible by sharing ways that students can do it. So I, we we have Donald. It's one of our students. Um, he just happens to be about five years older than me. So that's a that's a thing for him. He he's older than me. So. He makes sure I understand that. <laughs> he comes up to all of our volunteers to the point now he has about two people where he wants them to take him out. Can you come pick me up? Can you do something with me, right? So what he does is he, his handwriting, you can read it if you really focus, but he's the type of person where he writes out scriptures, and when they take him to, I think he loves, is it Walmart? He'll stand outside of Walmart and he gives them out. In his handwriting, he gives them out. He's not, he doesn't care if you like him or not. That's what I love. He's fearless. Gives it out. What if this student or students who love to draw, and you help them, okay, you're a follower of Jesus. In order to show people, how about you draw a picture? And when you're out next time, give someone that picture. Share with people what you believe through picture. Give them a picture. Sing a song. You know, I have some students that, those videos, guys, by the way, they just bless me so much. It's a um, therapy group that's in Kenton. Um, a, just a little bit above us, and they do music therapy. They do a lot of different therapies. But um, I asked her, could I use those videos? Because I just, first of all, the words in the songs are powerful. But just to see that those students are doing it. So imagine, that's why we're getting ready. I am definitely, I'm going to do a talent show. I just haven't figured out how. I watched it one time when we went to camp um, about a talent show. And it was so cool, but so some kids, one little boy, his talent was this. <laughs> and they say the chicken song, right? Oh. And he'll turn around. And I loved it because, and I think it was, what was the name of that camp? Someone took me because they knew I needed to see that talent show. But when he did that, the whole crowd would go, wow, wow. And every time he, and you just see that smile. And I just thought, wow. You know, guys, for us, that's big. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are not a people that slows down long enough sometimes just to see those simple yes. things that are glorious in God's sight, right? Yes. So we have to do a talent show because I want kids to be able to share what they know about Jesus and just their gifts and their talents so other people can see it. 
And so, um, following Jesus along the road, the road to sight, he wanted to see. He wanted to see. Now, let's talk about your team. Your team. They look a little different. This is kind of our team, so I'll tell you a little bit really quick. Who's sharing the gospel? All right, so you've come to this conference. You've learned about the five stages. You have to go back, and even if it's a team of one or two, you have to be like-minded. If you are on stage five and your team member is on stage one, you're going to struggle. Now, but be patient. Now, I'm not... Okay, now, don't go back and say, Monique said, you are going to be on stage five, or you will not be serving with me. Okay, don't, don't do that. Be patient. I would, I would encourage you to share these stages. You can find this online. And share it. Talk to them about, you know, when I went to that conference, this is what stage I was on. Maybe you might say, after being there, I'm moving here. You know, would you like for us, you know, let's work together to try to move through these stages. You gotta build, you gotta get involved with people with special needs. You gotta be around people with special needs in order to move through the stages. You're not gonna do it sitting back watching it on TV or hearing about it down the street. You have to get involved. So if someone's doing Night to Shine or a dance around you, go volunteer. Go be a volunteer at that dance. So the team has to be on the same page when it comes to sharing the gospel. So our team is made up of this. So remember our different rooms. Now, if you have a system where you are a part of the preschool ministry, so when people bring their students to you, you take them into a preschool class. I talked last night about how important it is to prepare that environment. Don't just stick them in a class based on their last name. You need to go before them and prepare the environment. You need to have a relationship with those teachers who have said, I want to be a part of this. They, they come to your training. If you're not doing the training, identify people in your who are sped certified, people who have knowledge of how to work with individuals with special needs and let them do the training. But you need to bring them all aboard of that. So your room leader might be different from mine. My Bible room leader is within the suite that we're in. But when we go out soon, because we're taking more and more kids out, but I've been working really hard along with Amanda to prepare the environment. We've already connected and met with the preschool leaders and the, um, we're starting with just preschool and elementary. The next is gonna be middle school and high school. And so I've asked them, can you go to your volunteers and I want you to present it in a way where they're, they just, the only answer you can give is yes. If your answer is no, nobody ever has to know. Just say, are you willing to have students in your classroom who have special needs? They'll come with a buddy. Are you willing? Would you like to be involved in this? They don't We're have gonna a choice at our church. They don't have a choice. We don't have enough special needs children to have a separate ministry for special needs children. Mm -hmm. So they're in the classroom with the other children. But they do have a shadow. They do have a shadow. They have a shadow with them. So even if you don't have a separate space, so this is this is one thing that's great because most people I've talked to don't have a special a separate space. Okay, I did encourage you to have some type of space though. If anybody remembers, I did because it it builds relationship among relationships among the parents. Mm -hmm. So even if you had a desk, we talked. I'm not gonna be able to teach last night, but we talked about you branding that ministry. You creating a vision for that ministry. Don't just say it's here and it's just a part of the special, it's just a part of preschool or elementary. It's very important that that ministry has a purpose statement. It's very important that that ministry has a verse or has something that goes along with it so that people know you thought about it a little bit more than what they might think you have. You thought about this a little bit more. Your church is more bought into this vision, right? And so with that, even if you have an opportunity, even now, like you have students who are already in those rooms, I would encourage you to have training specific to working with students with special needs. Now, honestly, 
it benefits the entire class. When we talk about picture schedules, when I just showed you that story, it benefits the entire class. A lot of the rooms that your students are in are overstimulating because you have to have a conversation with those teachers about all, Miss Sally has to have all the whole Bible around her whole room and Miss Sally has to have this hanging from the ceiling and she has blocks out over here, she has paint over here, she has a lot of stuff. One of so, our lead teachers in that classroom with um, the particular girl that needs a shadow, he his daughter is Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. So he already kind of knows and he kind of yeah. helps coach the other teachers. And then at the 930 hour, we have a shadow for her. And one thing that I want to encourage you, even though that's a parent. I'm a director, so. If, I want to encourage you, even with parents, a lot of them are not on stage five. Okay? I want you to know that about some of your parents. And it's very important that they understand these stages as well. So, back to what she just mentioned about the leaders. You need to bring them all together to be like-minded. Figure out how to do it. I'm teaching at elementary training um, the last Sunday in this month about um, managing the classroom. And I'm going to be talking a lot about how you function in that classroom and how it affects the students. But you've got to bring everybody to that. So anyway, we have room leaders. So we have a Bible leader, then we have a coach. The coach is usually a certified teacher, someone who has experience with special needs, or is someone we've identified as a great volunteer who's enthusiastic, who wants to learn, and we've given them a mentor who is certified. And some of our certified teachers do not want to hang out on Sunday after they've been at work Monday through Friday. Mm -mm. They'll just tell me, Monique, no, I don't want to do that. But they have agreed to train. They have agreed to come alongside someone who wants to learn and to mentor them. So that's our coach. Our coach, our team, is made up of a coach who has the plays, who calls the plays, and they go around from room to room with the group. They move with the group. The buddies are one-on-one. -on -one. Let me, Jesus. The buddies are one-on-one -on -one when we have enough to be one-on-one. -on -one. But we are, that's our goal, one-on-one. -on -one. And then the welcome team, guys. The welcome team, if you are in a space like ours, we have a place that you come into. If you're not in a place like ours, and it's your entire church, this is important. What do your families experience when they drive up onto the campus? What do they experience when they get out of the car? What do they experience when they walk down the hallway? This is a big vision. You're, you're not in here by just, oh, I just happen to sit in this room. God is calling you to something great you're going to be affecting the entire mindset of your entire church because you're all a part of it. It can't just be this is what we do on Sunday and it's over here in the corner. If you really want the gospel to, to be accessible, the church has to be accessible. Think about that. The entire church. So our welcome team, what I termed here is the first impression of the ministry. What messages or what message are the parents and the caregivers receiving? They're storytellers. They're living out the word. Your hospitality team, the people who are doing the parking lot. I did a video for the hospitality team talking to them about um, if you're nervous. Because some of them just said they're honest. They're, they're nervous. They, it's a little, you know, unsure about things. Uh, one thing, one thing I love to share with people, especially me, since I like, you know, I can teach you in this tutu. We are all unique. We are all special in some way. It's just that we tend to pick out other people's things a little bit more, make theirs a little bit no greater. 
But when we realize that about ourselves, we look at people differently when maybe they show a little bit more. Maybe they move around. They won't sit still a little bit more. Okay? I, I, I Did I scare you? She came in earlier uh, when I first set up after the other teacher. And um, she was in here before with all the Sunday school stuff out from Sunday. I had to clear this room. That's just like a thing. I, sometimes I joke and say I'm OCD. Some people probably say it's not a joke. But I can't have stuff out on the table. I can't. It has to be neat. Imagine how I drive my husband and my kids crazy. Okay? But it throws me off if you have stuff everywhere. Okay? Hats. When I'm nervous or when I got to do something that only God can get me through, it gives me comfort. It's almost like a blanket. I realize that. And sometimes when I'm really nervous, I wear my hats very low. I'm very unique, but God created me that way. There are things about you that you probably just haven't identified, but when you start working around individuals with special needs, boy, you'll be like, wow, I do that. <laughs> you know, I do that. And it makes you think differently about working with individuals. It does. It really does. And the welcome team, back to this, the welcome team is that first impression of that. So now, whatever God has put in your heart, okay, whatever's stirring in your spirit, you come to this class for a reason. It's stirring in your spirit. Once you can get that and you're able to verbalize it, people have to be able to catch it. you got to share it, right? Now, is everybody going to come along? Like, yes, I want to help. I want to do this. Woo, let's do it. That's why you got to have that firm foundation. This is what God has called me to do. He's going to show me how to do it, and I'm going to do it, right? So the team, yes. So for I was describing it different. So for our space, we have a Bible room leader, an art room leader, okay. a music room oh, leader, like gosh. that. If you are doing like a buddy system, then that means your preschool teacher is your room leader, your elementary school teacher is your room leader. So that room leader, all of them, all of these people have to be on that same page of sharing the gospel. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be some relationship building. Is that rotation just for the special needs kids or for all the kids? Our suite primarily is for the students who have been identified. And let me, I love that you brought that up too. Um, we do, yes, you have physical, mental disabilities, but guys, a lot of our ministry students are uh, behavioral. We have emotional. We have people who um, are in foster care. A lot of our students who are in foster care, we have a big ministry called We Foster. The space is not necessarily just for someone dealing with, you know, they can't walk or talk. More so, the environment is meant to be a place where you can come and you can be yourself. And it's unfortunate that the whole church is not like that. Believe it or not, you think about that for a minute. It's a place where if you need to dance while I'm teaching, you can dance. It's a place where if you make sounds while I'm teaching, you can make sounds. It's unfortunate that the whole church is not like that. Right now, I'm really busy with preschool, more so elementary. Preschool, kind of, they're like, okay, this is pretty typical, you know. When those students start to move to elementary, I get a lot of calls. One little boy, they wanted me to take, and his parents aren't going to let him come because um, he played in the water. He wouldn't put on his tag. You have to have on your name tag for safety, okay, for safety. So they pretty much was going to tie him down or hold him down and put that tag on. So after doing that, you think he was calm? Mm -hmm. So, I have to start by telling them, guys, we're a church. We don't diagnose. 
That's rude. You can't do that. Right. People show up to church and you tell them their kids need to go to special needs. Mm -hmm. right. You know, or they used to want me to just be down there. You come talk to the parent. Really? I'm going to come down there. First of all, I wear, I wear my Thrive shirt all the time. Most people don't know me without my shirt on. So, you anyway, walking up to them in a tutu. Yeah, in a tutu. Let me talk to you about the child. They're going to be like, what? Right? So, one thing that you have to do is you got to do the groundwork. you got to get, you got to start talking to those other men. So even if you're already doing it, guys, go back. Say, hey, we need to, I, call, I use the word called relaunch, but we just need to review this. Okay, this is what we're doing. We got three students. This student's going to this class, this student's going, you know what, Julia, do you really, I mean, how's things going? Do you like having him in the room? Is he involved in the lesson? And she might be like, oh, I just try to get through. I, I just put him in the corner. You might just want to All right, Julia, so I'm going to go back to the director of elementary and say, Julia's doing it, but I'm not sure if this is really what she wants to do. Because you know what's going to happen the next time it's time to sign up for the next year to volunteer? What's Julia going to do? She's not going to volunteer. Because he, she, she didn't want him in the room, but she didn't want to tell you that. You know, church, we're loving. We're, we're so kind. You know, we, we just want to do the work of the Lord. Yeah, I'm going right? to tell you the truth one mm -hmm. or the other. Mm -hmm. um, a few years ago, I was like, I really don't want to teach BBS, but they asked me if I would teach the class for the third grade Bible. And I was like, ugh, let me pray about it. And I was like, because I was teaching preschool, I was teaching GAs, and I was teaching Sunday school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to get burned out. So I was like, I really don't want to do it, but I feel like God's leading me to do it. So I'm going to just shut my mouth, and I'm going to do what God tells me, tell me to do. Well, about two weeks later, they asked me if I could be the third grade director for Vacation Bible School. So by trusting God, I ended up not even in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I ended up I like as that. the as the director, and then they found somebody else to fill my shoes as as the teacher. That's that's a that you can preach that you know that because you're gonna have a lot of people who are gonna be fearful to jump on this about doing working with those with special needs, and you might say, "Have you experienced it? Have you even tried it?" You know, really just like you just said, you never know what that. Now you might try it and say, "You know, this is not for me." But at least you can say, I try, right? And that's going to be a difference. And it's okay to say no. That's, that's what you got to give them the freedom to do. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say not now. It's okay to say later, not now. Okay? Now, so, really quick. So I showed you the two curriculums. I went ahead of myself. But they're, they're a different learning style. And I know you've heard this. This is, this is one of those things I will stand on, even when I'm teaching individuals like you. You have to teach visually auditory, reading and writing, and kinesthetic. You, you have to have all those pieces in there. There are certain things tonight when you all get home, your kids are going to go, or husband or whatever, you're going to be sitting there going, hear, see, follow. <laughs> They'll be like, what are you talking about? Because I promise you it's stuck in your head. The one last night. Oh, the one from last night stuck in your head? Oh, I'm going to show them. We'll have to show them. But it's just that when you're teaching, those need to be components of that, right? You know how you get those really lovely people who want to volunteer? They will teach every Sunday. Oh, my goodness. But they're the kind of teacher who just stands at the front of the room and goes, all right, babies. And we're going to learn about Jesus. Sit down. But they're faithful. They're on time. They beat you there, right? You know those kind of people? So it's hard to get those sometimes to kind of get people to understand, wait a minute, we got to do this a little different. But what you might do with Miss Sweet Susie Ann is just give her one of those energetic people like me <laughs> next to her or like a, a youth 
who can come in there and say, okay, Miss Susie, let me throw the ball with them while we do the verse, you know? So you don't necessarily have to lose a really great volunteer, but you gotta have these pieces. So again, when you're looking at curriculum, look and see if it provides these. Or are you willing to do the work if it doesn't? Are you willing to go pull your own videos? Are you really willing? And a lot of times with writing in ministry, um, we have different ways that they're going to paint it. They're going to they're going to write it on. We have a a, a, board, a smart board, so they're they're going to write it with their hands. They're going to do different things. That doesn't mean you're in school and you're sitting down having them copy. But you know what? There's some students that learn like that. We have one young man. He has a journal, and every Sunday he has to write that verse in his journal. That's how he remembers it. The key is that as a leader or as a teacher or whatever you're doing, that you realize this has to happen. It has to be presented in different ways. We want them to hear it, we want them to see it, and then we want them to be able to follow it. Right? So think about the curriculum you're using. Is the right? answers in Genesis, is that specifically designed for special needs as well? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nope, not most curriculum out there is not. But that part of the Lifeway they does a good job for a special We just switch from that curriculum to gospel project. Gospel. Yeah. I've heard of that one. I haven't looked at it. And they, do they have components? Of? I don't. I have no idea because I don't do the ordering for okay. it, so I'm not sure what they have. I heard it was have. great, though. I heard it was great for connecting the family. Oh, yeah. Like the entire family is getting the same information on a Sunday, so that way they're equipped to go home and talk about it. I heard our about pastor that. and our um, children's ministry leaders and everything, they actually get together and they do, they actually write um, devotionals that they pass out for free. And they do one for the adults, and then there's one for the awesome. children that you do as 10-minute devotionals that you do every night with your kids, and then you do your own. You get and an idea about that. Same. So that devotional, your charge is to go back and help them figure out how to make it accessible. It's called, what was it? It's, um, connecting, at first it was connecting the dots, mm -hmm. and now it's, um, I think it's staying connected. That sounds awesome. Think about that now. Give them some... The some Gospel project. Gospel it's still, it's still through Lifeway. Oh, is it still? Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. yeah, connecting the dots. So on this one, see, did I go through? Almost. Okay. So this one, again, we have our rooms laid out. But I'm going to show you something. If you have one room and you have one teacher who's willing, how much less stimulating this is going to be, that room, if you can adapt this to that. So whether you have rooms or an individual containers, clearly communicate expectations and decreasing overstimulation. So what I've taught several churches that come to visit, and they see our space sometimes, and I always try to reference to them, we started in one room. These walls are beautiful, but it's about the heart of those who are doing it. It's not about how pretty these rooms are. Okay. So one of the things that I try to teach and what I'm going to be teaching with the elementary group is you have to learn how to take things out and put them away. All right? Clearly communicate expectations. Right now, and have a signal. Have a signal. Now, I'm a fan of music and dancing, so a lot of times people clap with me or I sing a certain tune and the kids know, all right, she's getting ready to do something. Something's getting ready to change. You've got to have those transitional signals. So now it's time for a Bible. Now, when I say it's time for Bible, that means you're probably not going to see any toys. Remember, our rooms do this, but you can do it in one room. Because when you go into the Bible room, I thought I would have a video to show you one of our things. But when you go into the Bible room, um, there are only books. We have a few puzzles in there for those who need it. 
Buddies do have buddy bags on when they have things in there that they need to keep those kids focused. But when it's time for Bible, you take it out. When Bible's over, you put it away. When it's time for play, take it out. Right? We play. We transition with a sound or a song. And then we do what? We put it away. A lot of complaints you get about behavior is because of overstimulation. They have too many things out at the same time, too many things going. Overstimulation. What's okay. a buddy bag? So, I might have time. You have um, three minutes. Oh, I don't have time. I'll have to talk to you after that. A buddy bag's your friend. Yes. So that's the classroom management part um, of taking things out, putting them away, using picture schedules. Um, and I showed them this before. We have these pretty much in all of our rooms. And these clearly communicate, especially for that student who's visual, they love to see these things. They want to be able to see what it is that you're doing and what to expect. You have some students who are really good on schedules. It's really big to them that you do it on time, too, because they'll tell you. It's mm -hmm. going to only got three minutes and you're still talking. <laughs> and we're using that if you take off once yes. you do. It, it does. does. It does. Visual. It does. Go on through. I can't remember. So before I finish, let's see. Making sure that those with special needs hear the story, experience the story, feel the story. Most importantly, know the story. That's what it's all about. Right? I'm probably not going to do that, so I'm going to finish with ask yourself, how are we making sure those with special needs hear, see, follow the word of God and know the gospel. Is it accessible at your church? Is it accessible in your ministry? Is it accessible? So one of the things I'm going to do, I have questions. Any questions really quick? And you can stay after over because I think it's time for lunch. So you all are not staying. You're trying to eat. <laughs> but I did provide everything that I, first of all, my contact information is here. Um, Lifeway. In the other one, I talked about conferences. I talked about, you know, things that helped you train. So I did put that there. Together conferences in Atlanta at Mount Perrin. The reason I love that conference because you can register a whole bunch of people for $40 each. Okay? We do go to another conference called Orange Conference. If anybody's ever been there, I had the awesome opportunity of teaching there this past year. And that is about three dollars to $400 per person. So there's a difference. $40, three, four hundred. So I only take staff now. We only, myself and Amanda, go. Answers in Genesis, if you want to find out a little bit more about it. Um, fun and function, guys, is a, I would say it's been one of our best places where I buy just about everything. Our swings came from there. Um, also a lot of manipulatives, a lot of things that you were asking about that's in this buddy bag. Um, I buy from fun and function. And again, the buddy bag is something that a buddy has worked with their student. And they've learned different things that work with them, specifically to that student, and they carry it to each room, every room they go to. So a lot of the things that are really cool, um, like these kind of things that a student might like, just kind of massages you. I tell them don't do it in the Bible room because it's loud. But all these things were bought from Fun and Function. Therapy is the therapy center that did those videos. Okay. Can I pray for us? In my tutu here. <laughs> what do y'all think if I walk down the hallway with this oh, yes, yes. I'll tell you real quick, I was telling them, I said, while I was sitting in service, I was definitely going to do it next time. Um, oh, and my hair bow.
So I walk, I'm gonna walk in with this tutu on. And I told them to me, it represents a student walking into a space and they have a visual special needs, right? How do you think people are gonna respond to me? You think a lot of people are gonna look at me and yes. Yep. You know, they're gonna be, oh gosh, you know, what is she doing? What does she have on? But to me, it's almost like I experienced what a student might experience. Yes. And if I get an opportunity, someone might be bold enough, which is probably people like you guys, who would actually come up and say, that's pretty cool, why do you have that on? And then I can explain. That's how you would approach someone with a special need. If you're scared and you're not sure why in the world she has on that tutu, go and ask her. Right? Go talk to her. Build a relationship. Might be a quick one, but an opportunity to build a relationship. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you so very much. I know, Father, personally, I am just humbled that you would see fit to use me in a way that I never thought I would be used. I love what you allow me to do. I'm just so thankful personally. So I know and I pray that each person in this room will have the same experience. God, give them a stage five heart. Let them know that we are all to be co-laborers. Give them creativity. Give them the boldness. Help them to be advocates for those who a lot will say don't even need to hear the gospel. Father, we thank you that this is not a coincidence that we're in this room together learning more and more about making the gospel accessible. So we praise you for this opportunity. Let nothing be snatched away that was planted. May it come to full, full growth. May it be all that you call it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, God.